Kayanos, fresh tongues. Kayanos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain. Kayanos! You can be seated in the next few minutes. Affect my life, bring on me as I look to you for life. Affect my life, bring on me. Lord, I look to you for life. Affect my life, bring on me. Jesus, as I look to you for life, affect my life, read on me, as I look to you for life, affect my life, read on me, Lord, I look to you, it takes an encounter, affect my life, read on me. Lord, I look to you for life. Is a man God has touched that can touch his generation. Is a man God has touched. We must trust God for encounters that have the capacity to shift us, make us different personalities. The prophet told Saul, he said that the spirit of the Lord God will come upon you and you will become another man. The man that your destiny captures affect my life in such a way that a generation will see the impact affect my life give me an encounter give me an encounter give me an encounter let there be a desperation to your prayer let there be a desperation now I found out that it seems as if God will not do certain things for us until he determines and finds out how much we want it you need to know you are not the only one praying you need to know you are not the only one crying for it. You have to add this pressure. If you continue at the same measure, the same intensity, the same laxity, you know, liturgy, lethargy, lackadaisical attitude, and you are expecting God to do something different for you, for others, from others, He must be unjust. And our God is not unjust. He begins to measure how much our heart is poured into it. It is not necessarily how long. But according to the scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, the Messianic scripture, the Bible said that, that before the, the man that is holding the divine scales of justice that measures whether the sacrifice of the person of Jesus met up to heaven's estimation, the man was checking. He said that when he saw his soul travail, he was satisfied. That means that it's beyond the flogging that they were flogging Jesus. What Jesus paid for, what he poured out was beyond the flogging, beyond the pains, beyond the shame. There is a measure that he set for him. And he has to meet that measure. So he said that when he saw his soul travail, he was satisfied. So when we begin to pray and fast and study and press into God, what, there is a substance, there is a reality within it that God sees and that calls unto him that to begin to respond to us in a certain measure. So two people can be praying and pray for two hours, but then God will orchestrate an encounter for one person. 
the difference is the soul travail that is in it. Many people come to God half-hearted. And they want God to respond to them more. I used to tell people, is it this your 30 minutes prayer, one hour prayer that God will use to use you to take all over the world? If he gives it to you, you will, it will kill you. You will not be able to handle the weight of the things that is coming. So, whenever we come like this, God begins to check the weight of the burden, the weight of the desire, the weight of the hunger that is in your heart. Hunger. Hunger. There is nothing like hunger. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. There is nothing that can substitute for it. Everything you are doing is as a result of hunger and thirst. That is what we make a mark on God. Because when a man begins to pursue God, initially you will think that you are the one that is pursuing God. You will know that it is the Holy Ghost that is wooing you. It is called the wooing of the Spirit. Like the songs, songs of Solomon, the songs of Solomon is a, a depiction of a wooing between a man and the one that he loved. Is a woman. After some time, if you read that book, you will not know whether it is a woman that is pursuing or the man that is pursuing is a wooing. That means when a man begins to say, but I say, I want to follow Jesus, I want to do this, you think you are the one, you will know that God is the one that is drawing you. He said, Draw us and we'll run after thee. Draw us. Draw me. Draw me. I prayed a prayer here for many years that I was in this camp. I wasn't even looking for anointing, looking for ministry. I told God, give me a hunger that cannot die. When people are giving up, they, are, they, are, they, are, they pursue God and they are, they are now following. Say, Let my hunger be increasing. At some point I told him, take anointing. Take everything. Because no matter how much you are anointed, one day you will see somebody more anointed than you. <laughs> no matter how much you can teach one day you will see somebody that can teach like this and you will say ah God has people oh. no matter how much you can preach no matter how much you can sing one day you will see somebody sing like this you wonder where he is receiving this thing from there is one of my friends that is called Theophilus this guy I don't know where he was made when he sings, his voice, the pitch of his voice is to the high heavens. I have not seen something like that. And when he sings, he sings as if angels are rushing to enter the room. He knows the key to open the heavens. I said, God has people. Huh? God has people. Is he anointed? There are people that have seen that they, they don't pray, they don't do anything, and things are happening. And the basis of their what they base their fruitfulness the fruitfulness of their work with god on is that thing that is happening one day you will still see somebody that is more anointed more anointed people are coming <laughs> but there is one thing we will not allow people to have more than us chapter me hunger 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 you know the bible said in the book of philippians chapter 3 verse 10 it was paul that show me philippians chapter 3 verse 10 that I may know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering be made conformable unto can somebody show me a thought verse 10 verse 10 verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death you see chronologically this is 33 years 
of ministry. And then Paul is making this statement. Somebody that has done ministry for 33 years. After 33 years, he's saying that I may know you. I think, I think we need to know and encounter what Paul encountered. The reason why many people settle, they settle very fast is because there is no encounters in their work with God. You see, encounters punctuate our journey with God. It, it breaks us out of the side. Come to church on Sunday, come on Wednesdays, come. And after some time, it becomes a, just a routine. There is no life and power in it. You are just managing to come so that the pastor will not be offended. But when a man has an encounter, he will be the one that will be crying out. Because that encounter will be drawing him to the source of it. If you have an encounter, that encounter has the capacity to continue to draw you to the source. Until you now meet Jesus face to face. That's what made Paul, after 33 years, he said, that I may know you. And I began to ask, what is troubling Paul? He has seen everything in ministry. Raised the dead, cripples, blind eyes. At some point, it was not his testimony. It was the testimony of men that he met at, um, I think, Ephesus, in the book of Acts chapter 16. The man rose up and said, that we have heard of this man, that all of Asia has bowed down to their gospel. You know, it was not Paul that was giving the testimony about his ministry, his unbelievers that was giving that testimony and said that all of Asia had back to the gospel that is coming out of the mouth of Paul. What kind of man is he? So he has seen ministry. He has seen many things. He has seen power. Seen all kinds of things. But after 33 years, he said that I may know you. I said, what is this? You see, when you know this thing, even if you are physically, you are 70 years old, 80 years old, in your heart, there is a freshness that is there. The same way you encountered, I was talking with my mother one day. She said, I knew how I got born again. That it was Jesus that encountered me. Nobody can deceive me. That even if I lose anything, that encounter was too strong. That it, it, can't, it can't allow me to go back. That you need encounters to punctuate your journey. Something that I would have been a cycle. Encounters bring tangents to vicious circle in your work with God. If you continue in that circle, you will be frustrated. Point, you will lose focus of why you are even going on this journey. You will, your tempo will begin to go down. And if you will continue, God will have to orchestrate a visit for you. In fact, part of the questions that angels that we are on high ask is what is man that God is mindful of him? And even said, why does he visit him? That means that God orchestrates visits for his people so that his days will not be forgotten. If not, we will continue on a journey and be, everything that to be good, prayer and fasting will turn to a routine. The power thereof will be taken away. But when the man called us to that thing, at different points in our journey, punctuates it with an encounter. Oh my God. If you study, see, I set myself out and one of my study targets in the scripture is to study specifically the person of Jesus. Not his ministry yet. His personality. I want to understand the kind of person that Jesus is. The kind of life that he lived. I began to check Jesus and one of the things that the Holy Spirit began to open my eyes to is his daily routine. Because if you want to become like a man, one of the first things you should understand is what does this man do from 6 a.m. in the morning till 6 a.m. tomorrow morning? You need to know it first. So I found out that before Jesus steps out to do anything, he will go to the mountains to seek his father. If he doesn't have encounter with the father all night, he, he is not permitted to. In the morning, he will not do anything. He will tell his disciples, come, let's pray more. Let's pray more. 
and when he comes down he said it is not i that is speaking is the father in me it's not i that do the work is the father in me as the father sent me even so send i you everything about the father it will mean that he has had so much encounter that the literal when he coughs is the father that coughed you know many young men there are two ways to do ministry you can do ministry by gift and anointing you can do it by a lifestyle that will mean that when you are called upon to minister if a man has it as a lifestyle you don't need special preparation because your daily routine is preparation for ministry so you are never taking on a waste. that kind of person we know when satan is about to bring him down because there is something people have seen in this ministry they think my academics is different then ministry is different so they will come and ask me how do i balance it the reason why you are balancing it is because you made it different it's not different it took me final year to find out and especially if god wants to use you in this campus after some time satan will try to use those things that you separated to frustrate you if you separate your finance he will frustrate you if you separate your academics he will frustrate you if you separate your family he will frustrate you the same way you are pursuing carry all of them like this and be pursuing that it was when i realized what satan was doing i came here and i fasted till it was my supervisor told me to go and do my uh, what's it called eh? the, pra the practice i've forgotten what it's called that practical testing thing that you now write on who can help me hi help me now i need that word eh? experiment i don't know i'm not sure that's the exact word eh? analysis and it cost me thousands i think about 40 to 50 thousand and when they sent it to me you know there is a way they give you money you know that <laughs> don't come back again so that's how they gave it to me so one of the things that motivated me to go and do what i should have done in the beginning was when they gave when the supervisor now told me that look at meanwhile i did not know them sorry i know that <laughs> everybody majority of the people here lecturers forgive me <laughs> i didn't know that my supervisor wants to publish that so he wants she wants to be very very sure that the work is well done and that is quite correct so but uh, she didn't take time to look at my work well so what she is after she didn't even want to help me more what she's after is delegate the responsibility if i anytime i get it well however much it costs huh. i was trying to show her something she did not see that day i came back here and i prayed and fast i forgot i even off my phone thank god that time there was strike in 2013 it is within that period so there was not much pressure so i came here i continued doing the things doing church work praying fasting forgot it one day i on my phone and the woman called me and said come let's find out what we'll do for the first time she now decided to sit with me and then we began to go through that thing. that's how we were able to get it which is what i should have done in the beginning but what i did is that i separated it i wanted to use my intelligence only to execute this you see it will it will go far but it will not go far enough a point will come there will be a it will be contested especially if that thing you are doing is supposed to be a part of the ministry that you are supposed to serve a generation 
If it is supposed to be a ministry, part of the ministry you are supposed to serve a generation, a time will come, Satan will contest his progress. He will contest it. And when he begins to contest it, you will have to go back. When you go back, you find out that you took God aside and then did this one. Not as if you did it intentionally. You didn't do it intentionally, but that's how you knew how to do it. I don't want spiritual things and my destiny to clash. <laughs> Satan wants you to have that mindset. For Jesus, every single thing, even when they see a fig tree, there is a lesson to be learned from the fig tree. Even when anything there is a lesson, there, Jesus, there is no coincidence for the believer. I don't believe it. If you live your life correct, there is no coincidence. For everything that happens, there is a lesson to be learned. That's what I believe. And if it is true, then you must live your life in such a way that you are you had an encounter with the father and he filled you with so much of himself that when you appear by default you begin to live the way you are supposed to live that's a place of coming to ask god what is your will what is this one there is another point which is the natural default mode when a man is so full of god that everything he's doing is naturally according to the will of god he doesn't need to pray specially about it so that's what the pattern that jesus laid down for us in fact he goes to the mountain and i believe part of the reason he goes to the mountain is so that he can shout in prayer so that nobody will be disturbed because if you go to the mountain you say because sometimes some issues in your life will try to frustrate you and people cannot understand come and look at hannah just because her husband is rich and he's telling her she's she has not given birth he's telling her is the word Every, am I not better than you than seven children and all the world? Why did you go and marry another person if it is true? Huh? Why did you not marry another person? You say, am I not? No, I have to. And the woman went and cried. Her prayer was different from the one she had prayed. To the point that the priest that was there came and asked her, Madam, you are drunk. Leave. He said, I'm not drunk. I have come to the end of myself something must happen for me something must happen for me she has decided that day that it either happens or in fact i don't want to use this language because there are elderly people here and i'm a young man so my mother has warned me not to use it but if it's for me it's better i touch it or i die why am i alive this life is a vexation of spirit that's what the preacher said in the book of ecclesiastes if you check it your grandfather did something married trained children however they did it that day that's what your father did however he did his own that's what you are doing however you will do your own you know in context with your own generation your children will do the same thing is a vexation of spirit what matters in it is the purposes of god that is within so if god will not achieve this agenda through me why am i here sorry oh. I know many of you like this world, like the clothes, the shoes, the everything. You know why I can preach the kind of message that God committed to me to a generation? I don't like this head at all. There is nothing that makes me smile. There is nothing, there is nothing you give me. I say, no, it doesn't move me. What moves me is God. So if I have not found God, I'm distressed. I'm disturbed. God is the one that makes everything tick. Seen people suffer, I have seen people enjoy, I have seen all kinds of things. I sat down one day, I began to ask, What is this that is in this world? Why can't we look away from these things? But sometimes 
and most times he holds us in a vicious circle our eye cannot leave it today God will give you an encounter of a lifetime some of you will live here and God will attach that's what God is telling me we attach an angel to you and such angels will teach you for a period of time six months on what to do you will just notice there is one of my sisters I think in the year 2019 there is a program we held and she had an encounter and suddenly she began to her prophetic gifts began to manifest so she saw in the spirit what she saw was like um, a javelin and an angel came and began to teach her and she said and told her that this thing is a weapon she said ah, is there anything like a weapon I thought everything is like this we are just going she said no and then the angel of course there is a scripture to support that the Bible said, Thou art my battle axe. Not something is a battle axe. God is the one that is the man of war. You as a person is the battle axe. Of course, how much battle God will win is dependent on the kind of weapon that you... Not, there is no special weapon. <laughs> you know, I know some people follow me online. One of the things we attack, one of the things that God sent us to sanitize in the body of Christ is unholy practices. And many people have been warning me and saying I'm saying more than I should. They don't know it's authority that is backing me up to say some of those things. One time I was saying something and they went on a very big uh, social media blog and published it. They said I'm attacking. There is a young man that sings in Nigeria that is well known. That is called Naira Mali. Because I told them the truth that those things you are listening to and calling me songs, they are not songs. Just like if they raise it here, a sister raises it here, we use it for worship. <laughs> Every song is for worship. The question is, who are you worshiping? Who can this song worship? So somebody said, uh, nothing is in this song. There is something in that song. How can somebody be saying, yeah, 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 and everybody is following? Just like me, I can come and say, you deserve the glory, and nobody will move. And then maybe mommy will come and sing it, and everywhere we stand. It will mean that beyond the words that they are saying and all those things, there is a, a transference of spirit. And when spirits begin to converge, then there is an altar. And when there is an altar, there will be a worship. So many people, by those songs, they are coming to worship. Every evening and every morning, they are coming to worship sessions. They don't know. Just because you are not seeing the spirit you are worshipping, you are worshipping. So when you ask them, they say, is he a sin? Is he a sin? That's why your life is like this. You will pray that will come and raise you up, they will build you up. You go and leak, you are a leakage. When you begin to mature in God, you are not even more interested in what is coming in. Eh? Mature people care more about the back door than the front door because enough is coming through the front door. The problem with an average youth and a believer is that the back door is so open that Satan can drain the, the impact of this conference. In 12 hours of watching watching Telemundo, it will just drain like this. You will become normal. You will be saying, where is my fire? Where? But I did not sin. I did not do anything. But watch Telemundo. You need to know what it is called. It is called Oikodomio. It is a build-up. If it's a build-up, it can be brought down. And these are the things that leaks graces, leaks anointing. So when I write up 
he will be saying, eh, I did not see, no, I did not do anything. But in fact, something as simple as going to work, Pastor Ban, you go to work, teach, do many things. Meanwhile, when you rose up in the morning, you worshipped and prayed and you felt full. You are felt like that. And then you go to work all the rigors of the day. You do not do anything, but by the time you are coming to fellowship by five in the evening, you are so tired and drained out, you needed another feeling. That, that is to show you if that one that is nothing is bad with it can drain you, how much more the one that is powered by Satan. And what happens when people give themselves to it? After some time, there will be a room in your house. Jesus owns the whole household, but one room is given to that thing. And maybe every evening we go for worship. <laughs> so they said that um, I spoke against the guy because I told them that that guy is a priest. He's not a singer. You see all these people that he's singing in Nigeria and people are following them. Once you see people follow a man and begin to live the kind of life that he's living, he's not an entertainer. He's a priest. He has an altar. Even though you will not see a physical altar, it takes an altar to compel a generation to begin to follow a particular lifestyle. It's a path from an altar. So just because you are not seeing it, they know the sacrifices that they are supposed to drop on that altar. It's only you that doesn't know. So even though you are a believer, you speak in tongues, you are part of the worshippers. The problem now is that you are combined, you are doing combined service. <laughs> you can stay for long we will not see the impact of what we are doing huh? a little bit of that well managed can bring more fruitfulness from your life than you ever expected many of you you don't need more what you need is to steward the realities that has been committed to you when you begin to mature one of the demands of god upon your life is how to steward divine realities encounters huh? there's a progress in encounter you will see a man or five people have the same encounter at the same time. After five years, one person will separate from them. It will mean that that man knew how to steward his encounters. And that encounter matured in him. And many a times he becomes an embodiment of that encounter. Many of us, we are in seasons. I went to youth service and God moved my in our midst. Do you know that after five years, I was, maybe me and only two people, are still living remnants of what God did in our midst. Some of those people are even afraid of talking about those days because their life is the opposite. What is the problem? Is it that God is partial? They don't know how to steward encounters. These kind of people, if they stay long in church, they can frustrate upcoming believers because they are not going and they don't want others to go. See, you will have a genuine... God will shift you today in the name of Jesus. Some of those personalities will come and begin to teach you. You see, if I say this, it will seem as if, but I have to say it. At some point, I had an encounter. Encounter in a layer. God wanted to bring me to a dimension of understanding in the scripture. Should I tell you something, Pastor? What happened to me is that I noticed that at some point, if I begin to study, an angel will begin to come will come and begin to teach me some of the things. I didn't know I'm not too prophetic those times. So I did not understand the meanings of those signs and encounters. But it was in my heart. It is recently now that I understood some of those dimensions. That when you see people share revelation and some of these things, they don't do it normally. Many times that <laughs> I was teaching one day, somebody said that her eyes was open and what she saw standing beside me is 
they told her that this angel is the angel of revelation. So what they do is that they, they create an ambience around your life. You see, there is an energy level that traps the dimension of God. The, when you begin to talk the way I talk like this, the frequency of your thoughts is supernatural. So even if you study what I study, you will not be able to process that thought in such a way that you can deliver it to the people. And then there is another thing that is called beyond revelation. There is another thing that is called utterance. There is a delivery for people in such a way that it can communicate in the right measure and energy what is in the heart of God. Beyond what is in the heart of God into the heart of men. And the proof that you have communicated that is that it will push them to act. It will push them to respond. Let me go back. If I go on this line, there is something I want to say. And if I say it, it will take us on another path. So let's go back a little. Can we go back a little? So if we go back a little, we go back another one. Then we come back to what Paul is saying. He said, after 33 years, I want to know you. It will mean that the encounters that Paul had didn't leave him after 33 years. Because what he saw was beyond miracles. What he saw was beyond manifestation. He saw something bigger than that. He saw the man of Galilee. He stopped him on his way. Hey! Jesus. There is nothing like an encounter with Jesus. Nothing. It will change your life. In fact, you know Jesus has three confidants amongst his apostles. Peter, James and John. You see, if you check the epistles of Peter and John, there is something that is consistent. Huh? In fact, they raised it up as a basis, part of the basis of their apostolic, apostolic authority. I think the reason why James did not write was because he was killed. This is it. If you go to the book of Peter, Peter was saying that um, he was talking about the encounter that they had on that mount with Jesus. Huh? He said that we saw his glorious majesty on that mountain. Eh? Even though he came down and said we have a more sure word of prophecy. But why is he telling you? He is also trying to tell you that even though this is bigger, but this is what made us wait till the bigger one came. And when we came to John, John still said the same thing in the book of 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. Eh? The same thing. He said what our eyes have seen. <laughs> what we have looked upon and our hands have handled it of the word of truth it was still the same encounter they saw him on that mountain so they have basing part of their apostolic authority is that encounter they had and it was the only the two of them were, that was able to say things in that manner and if you look at their epistles it has a higher measure of authority in fact at some point even paul himself submits his revelation to their authority not necessarily to their capacity in revelation because obviously Paul has higher capacity in revelation but their authority it's obvious that what they encountered and saw and the experience with Jesus was so real and for that even Paul himself had to submit his revelation to what they are doing this is a product of an encounter with Jesus you will pray for an encounter I used to be normal until I had encounters Jesus Christ 
One day, I was praying, and the Lord instructed angels, and they came and poured fire on me. Instead of the fire to come on my skin, it entered into me. It seemed as if I was a container. And when it entered into me, my heart burned. It burned so much, I thought it would fall off. I was holding it like this. From that day, Pastor, I became another person. If I talk, fire. Anything I say, fire. I now knew that there is a witness of the burning heart. And when the Lord began to allow me to communicate some of those things to people, when I talk to people, they say my words burn with fire. They didn't know it's a product of an encounter. I told the same words like a normal man. But when an encounter came, I was shifted into another thing. See, you will have an encounter today. I want to share something. Actually, my, what I want to share is to move you to bet hunger in your heart. One of the things that makes for consistency in an altar is the hunger and thirst that is in the heart of a man. If we say that what we need to maintain a burning altar is consistency, we need to know what impacts consistency. Consist everybody wants to be consistent, is it not true? So, how, what makes a man consistent in an altar? Is hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Hunger. Thirst. Hunger for God. Thirst. Hunger. Thirst. Hunger. Thirst. Hunger. I will go on four days, five days fasting. My one prayer point. Hunger. Thirst. Hunger. Thirst. For many years. Hunger. Thirst. Hunger. Hunger. When you hear me, the first thing I communicate is not anything. It's hunger. Once you hear me, you feel like you feel like going to pursue God. It will mean that I'm communicating to you a reality that is within my ambience. You feel like doing something more about your work with God. Every time you hear me, you feel like doing something more about your work with God. If you hear me five times, you will want to do something more five times more. That thing that makes a man want to do something more is hunger and past. It draws a man. See, I used to think that hunger is a scalar quantity. Sorry. If you are not a scientist. But hunger is a vector quantity. It has both energy and direction. It's not just a mere passion. Passion is powerful. But passion can gas out. But hunger has direction. When hunger comes upon the heart of a man, it has an end in view. There is a picture before you. Because if it's just passion, you are just going, you are just going. One day, you will just stop. Eh? But when Paul was, show me, show me, Philippians chapter 3, verse, let's continue from verse 10 to 11. Let me show you. Hunger, remember, the expression in verse 10, watch, if you are with me, say amen. If you are with me, say amen. No, 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 I need more amen. Even the children, if you are with me, say amen. I think that thing is Pastor Pan, that young lady is Pastor Pan's daughter, and she's not saying amen. Uh, you are the one looking away from me. Uh, if you help me, say amen. Uh -huh. That's better. Look at it. That I may know him. This is an expression of hunger and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Be made conformable unto his death. Next verse. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12. Not as though I had already attained. 
either we are already perfect but i follow after if that i may apprehend that for which also i am apprehended of christ jesus brethren i count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before continue see so this is where i'm going to if you're with me say amen remember in verse 10 a man is expressing a hunger and we thought that hunger is just a general thing until we came to verse 14 he said i press towards the mark so for the the man that was hungry there was a mark for his hunger and until that mark is met why are you stopping so so somebody came and told me because we normally do 24 hours the way you, you have prayed for long go make me rest you have studied bible you have fasted rest why are you resting where is your mark have you met the mark it's not 10 years in the lord it's not 30 years in the lord it's not 40 it's good and wonderful what is important is not that those years is the mark and for paul after 33 years after much ministry done he has not hit the mark yet so his hunger has to be maintained if you are say amen i have a thing. why are we settling i'm not even talking about ministry i'm talking about our work with god somebody after 33 years he refused to settle and many people are clapping for him congrats sorry for touching the mic like this he refused to stop because the mark he saw has not been met he said i press i press i press i press the word press is not a casual word in fact my <laughs> my favorite word in the whole of this bible is this word press because since the kingdom was preached the most important word became press because it was open for everybody you cannot come and say eh, this person is special is for these people no that word press is something that became a reality of every believer when the kingdom was preached it was what the scripture said that the law and the prophets were until john after that time the kingdom was preached and what happens every man presses into it so what you have now in your work with god is what you decided to have if you want to have more you can press for more turn to your neighbor say press for more 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 i will not stop i will not stop until i hit the mark i will not stop i will not stop i will not stop i will not stop i will press i will study let's look into the bible a little more and we'll pray see mommy i'm not a preacher i'm not what i'm doing here i'm just trying to express my the burden of my secret place some people have something different in their secret place and another thing different in the open i don't have i don't know that disparity 
I sincerely want to know God. I'm sincerely in pursuit of God. It's a privilege that God allowed me to communicate my burdens. When he finished, I will stop. If I don't have that burden and that hunger, I don't have any business here. That is what a generation is looking for. See, pastors, especially young pastors, see, let's not waste the time of our generation. Let's not waste that time. If I say this thing, God is not looking for new pastors. It's not as if more will not come. He's looking for men that can carry his burden and communicate it. When they touch you like this, they will know that they are touching the heartbeat of God. You will see a generation run after you. Because you have become an embodiment of what God wants to teach a generation. What God wants to do in a generation. What God wants to use a generation and do. That is the beginning and end of relevance in ministry for a generation. Trace what God wants to do within a territory, within the body of Christ, within a place. And give yourself so much to it that you will become a living reality of it. That's God's intent for the body. The Bible said that the church is the ground and pillar of truth. You know what it means. For you to understand what it means for the church to be the pillar and ground of truth. And I hope you know that when the scripture says the church, there are a few ways to see the church. But whenever you see the church mentioned as the body of Christ, you will realize that the emphasis is on the organic dimension. There is legal fulfilled part of what God did for us and even what he wants to do through us. There is nothing God is doing through us that is an afterthought. He has finished thinking about it. We are just leaving it out. But there is an organic dimension where it affects us organically. And that is where the emphasis is. If there is no organic dimension, then there will be no need for the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that vivifies the realities that is in the scripture. He makes it vital. He quickens it. And then it will become a living matter within us. So it will no more be something that is on the pages. It will be something that is in our heart. So those words that used to be on the pages of the scripture will now be on the pages of our heart. And when we step out, we begin to leave that. Listen to me. When the Bible said that the church is the ground and pillar of truth, one of the things, this is what it means. Um, how many of you did, is it integrated science? Which of the sciences captured this? Do you know what, what are you studying? Your science, sorry, but your science is fake one. I'm talking about the real scientist who is studying like chemistry. <laughs> chemistry. There is something called calcium carbonate. Before you get calcium carbonate, there is something need to happen. There is a reaction that needs to take place. And that reaction is called calcification. I want to teach you what it means for the church to be called the ground and pillar. Ground, pillar of truth. These are the holding dimensions of truth. And you need to know that God's the way God communicates his reality is truth. In fact, truth is the realities of God communicated. So when a man touched the reality of God, what he touched was truth. Hmm? So, but the church is supposed to be the ground and pillar of truth. Now, this is what happens. Classification many times happens inside caves 
all those kind of stuff this is what happened when the thing is coming down sometimes it comes down as a mixture of water and many things but by the time it's going down inside the cave the atmosphere within the cave are you with me the atmosphere within the cave both the temperature the pressure and all kinds of gases that is within there have the capacity to make that thing that was liquid to solidify if you are to say amen as soon as that thing solidifies it takes the shape it is some of them will be this length this whatever shape so that thing that used to be liquid before inside the cave has been what solidified you are not with me meanwhile outside the cave is like water is like any other thing shapeless something that cannot be touched some of them are gases we hear about it but we can't know we hear we know that god can heal god can heal but the reality of healing can only be touched in the body of christ because the body of christ is like that cave that calcifies it and makes it calcium carbonate in such a way that it can be touched now so when we are saying holiness holiness in the bible what it means that the church is the ground and pillar of truth is that a man embodies holiness so he becomes a walking holiness so if you want to say what is holiness you might not need to go to the letters of the scripture by organic life that man has embodied holiness in such a way it can be touched as a personality becomes a personality prosperity becomes a personality that's what it means for the church to be the ground and pillar of truth so we don't need to tell the world what God can do we are giving signs and voice uh, we are witnesses of deception witnesses unto not just witnesses of what we have in the body of Christ are many men that are witnesses of but they are not witnesses unto it takes an encounter with the reality of the matter for you to be a witness unto it because what it means to be a witness unto something is not to talk about that thing when you can explain what happened you are a witness of that is very very good especially if God called you as a scribe somebody that will pen down and communicate the encounters within a season but if you are called to be a witness unto it is not enough to know what happened in the door of Jesus you need to receive the capacity for your life to be a testament of that thing that happened so even though a man is not in the meeting where we spoke about prayer and burning altars after the meeting they found you one place and you are doing when you see such a man you will say ah this man was in this meeting not because he was saying it but because he's a burning he's a burning a burning light that is a pillar now we can touch him and know that we have touched God that is what it means for the body of Christ to be the crown and pillar of truth we don't need to go to heaven to draw God down we don't need to go to hell men are walking upon the faces of the earth and the embodiments of divine reality they have captured God in such a way that a generation can touch it and they will say God is alive there is a vow I've made I've said not in my days we may say where is God and we seek him and we trap him I will become an embodiment and we walk there today and my life will be reminiscent of what God wants to do and we carry his grace carry his power carry his life carry his reality and the generation we seek on again
your face. I want to know your ways. I want to touch your grace. That I may live your days. I want to see you. Lord, I want to see your face. I want to know your ways. I want to touch your grace so that I will be enabled to live your days. The reason why we press, the reason why we want to touch the grace is so that we will be able to live the days that God has ordained for us. Lord, I want to see your face. I want to know your ways. I want to touch your grace that I may live your days. I want to see you just the way you are. I want to see you. Lord, I want to see your face. I want to know your face. I want to touch your grace that I may live your days. I want to see you <laughs> just the way you are. I want to see you. Lord, I long to see your face. I want to know your grace. I want to touch your grace. That I may live your days. I want to see you. In Jesus' name. Those who where you are. Let me make one more point and then we pray. My time is, is I have ten minutes more. Please sit down. Please sit down. One more point. Show me the book of John. John chapter four. going to make it a prayer. Watch. The Bible said, when therefore the Lord, it is a little. 
When therefore the Lord gets set, we are going to pray with this one. Be in the spirit, pray in tongues. What you do is not just sound. You are communicating energies. So something has to be poured in it. So that men can be ferried to the frequency of God. There is a harmony we need to get to. There is a broker channel that God always has at every season. Until we touch that, we will not be able to pipe into his broadcast. Anytime we appear, God is broadcasting. But he can broadcast that many people will touch it. But because we have not tuned on to the channel, an energy level will not touch it. Pray in the spirit. He said, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Verse 3. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. This is a very big statement. And the scripture be saying he must needs. That means the reason why Jesus came on earth will not be fulfilled until he has done this. So the scripture said he must needs. He must pass here. He must pass it. Very soon we will know why he needs to pass it. It's a must. When a man becomes hungry, if you are hungry for God, God must pass. Heaven will say that God must needs pass through your life, pass through your family because of hunger and thirst. We will yet see. Verse 5. Verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. See, I don't have time, but if you check this word, Sychar, the meaning, is like, is like, um, is like, the word we use that is very close to it is like mirage. You know, you know what is a mirage? It's like, um, that if you are traveling on a highway, there is a way you will look and you will see something like water in front, only for you to get there and find out there is no water. That thing is called a mirage. So there is a place that Jesus made this woman. Pay attention. Where is that place? After me, Sychar. Another word is you can remove Sychar and put mirage. So there is a particular location that this woman is already in the spirit. That location is Sychar. And Sychar is such a location that you will be looking at it and you think that satisfaction is there. Only for you to get there and find out that it's a mirage. Huh? You will yet see six men this woman has given herself to. And one thing she was looking for is satisfaction. None of them was able to satisfy her. Because her state spiritually is called what? Psyche. And in Psyche, it is a mirage. After you have given yourself to that thing, that car, that woman, that job, that, you will find that there is still a hole inside of you that has not been met. It will continue to cry. It is Psyche. Six men and this woman was not satisfied. And of all places that Jesus needed to meet her, he met her as Sychia so that he will show her because Jesus is an object teacher. Jesus is an object teacher. He doesn't just teach just because he wants to teach. He will wait until the scenario and circumstance presents itself in such a way that he can learn as a teaching tool. So when Jesus came, he, he has a prayer curriculum down. Until his disciples told, asked him and said, teach us to pray. As John is teaching his disciples, 
when they said it, Jesus began to teach them. And you, have you checked that prayer T syllabus? If you check where well, you will see that it's not an afterthought. Because he was telling them, first of all, do this, do this, do this, do this. It will mean that he has the syllabus down. And he was waiting for an occasion that can lend itself. And when the occasion lent itself, Jesus began to teach them about prayer. The same way he wanted to teach them about faith. They were passing through a fig tree. He saw it and left. He now caused the fig tree and the now passed. Why not him teach them there and then? He waited until Peter made a comment and said, Lord, the fig tree that you caused has died in the roots. He now began to teach them some things that they need to know. Huh? Meanwhile, he wanted to teach them of faith. He waited till the circumstance has presented itself. I need to tell you that the greatest way God teaches his children is using the circumstances of life. And that is what we call dealings. Through those means that God communicates things that is able to build us up into what he intends us to become. So if you become a believer, all things work out together. Good, bad. God has intention in it and he wants to work out something in us that is beyond what we expect. I I perceive some angels entering here now. What I'm trying to do now is to find out why they came. Why they came. Jesus. Vikorono sosanda. If I speak in the next 5 to 10 minutes, as I'm speaking, God will begin to anoint people. I will not have time, there is no time to pray for people as I'm speaking. As I'm yet speaking, the hand of God will begin to move within the midst of the people. There will be so much energy and power in the communication that there will be impartations. There will, be, there will be so much impartation here. Whether you fall or not, doesn't matter. Some of you, you are feeling it. You are here, you are feeling like there is an oil and fire on your head. On your head. On your head. It's already an impartation. Some of you, you are feeling a fire burning in your heart. <laughs> what he said. Then he comment to the Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Watch. Verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. The emphasis is well. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat tossed on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Therefore, cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Every single thing I'm reading is important. Because of want of time, I will not be able to give you the spiritual implications of all these things. Because if you go, I think in the book of Isaiah, the scripture says, With joy shall we draw waters from the well of salvation. You know what the scripture said? Sorry. The scripture said that Jesus spoke and he said, Come, let me give you to drink. That when you drink out of your belly, we flow what? Daddy, I don't want to ask you. I want to ask this young man. We flow what? Eh? You know, there is something we have not paid attention to in that, in that scripture. The Bible did not say river. The Bible said rivers. You know what I found out? Eh, Daddy, many people, they get born again. The last river that they fetched was that initial period they got born again. It's only one river of God that they drank all their work with God. 
Meanwhile, what the scripture said is what? Rivers. And the rivers is not outside, it's within. Huh? I will show you why people only access one layer. One layer of the oppression of the spirit within the heart of a man. When I show you, you will dig deep and then you fetch another one. Hey. Jesus. Mm. Show me, show me John chapter 4. Therefore, command a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. It's a drinking session. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Verse 9. Oh my God, the angels are touching people already. Then saith the woman of, of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, watch? You see, if you look at this scripture, there are layers of identification that this woman had of Jesus. My emphasis in this, that the reason why I'm going here is these layers of identification. Remember the person she was trying to identify with is Jesus himself. And the experience of Jesus that she had at every point in her walk with God, assuming this is a believer that has um, um, entered into the path of spiritual progress, the progress that is made is dependent of, on your present revelational status of Jesus. So at this point, as far as she's concerned, Jesus is who? Satami a Jew. I think yeah, Satami a Jew. Keep this one. So first one is Jew. <laughs> Accept of me, which I'm a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of me, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 11. The woman said unto him, Verse 11 now. The woman said unto him, Say after me, Sir. <laughs> so, the first point of call was what? I didn't hear you. Is what? That was her first revelation of Jesus. And there is a layer of work that Jesus can do at that, at that point. He can't do more. Even if he is the God Almighty, but he can't do more than that point. Jesus has to push her, push her, and then we pressed from being a Jew to what? Satan is sad. <laughs> so at the layer of Jew, there is an amount of work God can do in and through our life. Meanwhile, what Jesus is doing here is to press. We are looking for water in the well. Here, Jesus came as a drilling engineer. Pastor Jesus is an engineer here. Eh? He came to drill. He came to a well and to exemplify what he's trying to do in the spirit. He came to a well. Remember I said he's an object teacher. So even though the woman thought that Jesus is looking for water in a well, he doesn't know that what Jesus was looking for was water inside of her. So we need to dig deeper. There is hunger and there is thirst. The land is dry. It was a what what we are now. There is scarcity of bread, scarcity of water. Men are thirsty. We are doing ministry, doing many things. Men, their task is not quenched. So Jesus is here today as a drilling engineer. And his job is to drill deep into the heart of men. And when he came into the heart of many people here, the first thing that presented as an obstacle, as a challenge, is they said, Jesus, you are a Jew. And Jesus said, No, I cannot do business with this sister at the level of a Jew. 
he drilled more. He went and put something inside it, increased the capacity of the drilling, went deeper, and then he met another obstacle and he said, You are sir. Jesus says, Sir is good though, but I cannot do much at the level of sir. Watch. Thou has nothing to draw with. The well is deep. You are not getting the point. The well is deep. We need to go beyond sir. Sir cannot enter and answer the question in my hand. At this level of sir, I've seen men do this. So I, I was born in church. My father was a pastor. But, but this thing you are telling me, I know it. I'll preach it. It is not touching me. That means the level of sir cannot answer the question that man's heart. You need to go deeper. He said, well, this well is deep. I'm a deep person. All these shallow things that do, you cannot answer to my hunger. The well is what? Deep. The well is deep. We have to go beyond sir. From whence hast thou that living water? Verse 12. Are thou greater than our father Jacob? Which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Hunger. Give me hunger to press until I bust the fountain, until I find another river, until I find another river. Give me hunger. Let something come upon me. Let something come in my heart. Let the Holy Ghost overshadow me. May I experience the Epikaiso? The question that was asked, Virgin Mary asked, He said, How can these things be? And the Lord said, The power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. What that overshadow means is Epikaiso. Epikaiso is the point that is closest between time and eternity. It is where eternity casts its shadow over time. When a man stands at Epikaiso, it will seem as if you are functioning by the power of the age to come. The impossibilities that is within time and the natural will be wiped away, away because the eternity of God has come. Suddenly a virgin will give birth. It's Epikaiso. At that point, nobody asks, I cannot do it, I can do it, it's no more a matter. What is important is that the spirit of the Lord God has overshadowed me and something has begun to happen. Watch the scripture. He said, For whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Let me see the next verse. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Verse 16, Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither, because this is a call to intimacy. And intimacy is a project between husbands and wives. She has been seeking satisfaction. The fundamental job of a husband to her wife is to satisfy. It's only a husband that satisfies the wife. That is the testimony of the scripture, yes. In, in, in the book of Genesis, the Bible spoke. He said that the desire of the woman shall be upon her husband. It will mean that the husband has the capacity. Your job is to satisfy your wife. This woman has been looking for satisfaction. And Jesus asked her, what you are looking for cannot be found in men. It can only be found in one man, a husband. It's only a husband that can satisfy you. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, 
I have no husband. 18. For thou hast had five husbands. Five. And he whom thou hast has is not thy husband. So this woman doesn't have any husband at all. Meanwhile, she's looking for one person. Remember now, there are six men in her life. How many men now? Six. There is no rest. There is no satisfaction. Six is not the number of rest. We need to see the seventh man. We need to encounter the seventh man so that we will have rest. So that our soul will be satisfied. He said, For thou hast found, and he who in, 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 in that sayest thou truly. I'm looking for verse 19. Watch. If you are with me, say amen. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art what? I didn't hear you. That thou art, you just a little. That thou art what? <laughs> the first encounter the woman had with Jesus, he said that thou art what? Jew. Jesus drilled as a drilling engineer and he met a stumbling block. He needed to move further. If progress will be made in this project, he drilled again and the woman said what? Sir. Sir is good, but it's not good enough to execute the project of God that is in your life. Sir cannot carry the weight of your destiny. The encounter of Sir with Jesus is not strong enough to carry the weight of your destiny. You need a stronger encounter. Yeah, you have had an encounter before with something higher and more. So Jesus brought her to another place. He said, thou art a prophet. So this is a prophet level. Where every prayer you pray, God answers. God is even using you to do miracles, signs and wonders. Open churches, do all kinds of things. You are already in ministry. God is using you mightily. But that level of sight is not enough to power the project of God. That level of prophet is not enough. So there, what you see is many believers that their encounters with God stopped at prophets. They know Jesus as prophet. Their prayer points is a proof of the depth of knowledge they have about Jesus. Because they know Jesus as the one that can solve the need. Or solve the need through them. Or do ministry through them. But there is a higher measure. Let me see verse 20. Let me see verse 20 quickly. Quickly. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And he said that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship in one. Jesus said unto our women, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation of, is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25. The woman said, watch. The woman said unto him, Kai, I know that the Messiah, that Messiah comments. <laughs> Daddy, you know what this woman is saying? He said, man of God, what you are saying is bigger than you. Uh, no. How can this small boy be saying all this thing? You see, I know that this thing you are saying is possible, though. But let's wait for the Messiah. He's the only one that can say this kind of thing. Uh, this one is bigger than you. He's Messiah. Look at this boy that is 30 something years. Uh, saying, talking big things. Where he that worship God. He's talking, he said, it's only the Messiah that can adjudicate on this matter. When the Messiah comes, whatever he tells us, we do. Ah! The woman, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us something. Let's be. 
Let everybody stay here. Let's wait. Let's reserve it for the Messiah until he comes. Whatever he says, we'll hear. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee, I'm here. Can you pray for the next three minutes and say, Jesus, encounter me. I've been overlooking you. I've seen you as a Jew sometimes. I've seen you as sad, as a prophet. But I want to experience and praise again the eternal Christ. That is what has the capacity to carry my destiny. Hold on, When you encounter Jesus, you encounter the grace of a destiny, the grace of your season, the grace of the hour. You are not praying. Be desperate. Something is happening. Desperation is the password. Hunger is the password. Holy Ghost. We touched his ghost. Our life of change. We will never be the same. We touched his ghost. Who wants to touch grace today? Genuine grace that will follow your new season. You have come to a new point in your life and you know you need more. If we are going to execute this, no, we need more, Pastor. Something more. Something more. We will never be the same. We touch Jesus. Our lives have changed. Man of God, 